and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today, we have joining me, Brendan, the new blood. Brendan, how are you doing? Are you wearing a zombie shirt? Uh, I'm wearing my, uh, it says low budget video nasties. And then there's a little, there's a little hand coming up and it says it's 11 PM. Do you know what your children are watching? And then on the back, it has a bunch of like, uh, video nasties companies. So what is video nasty? Uh, that's like, uh, the movies, uh, it was a really big thing in England in like the seventies and eighties. It's like the, the really, um, I'm going to use the word to describe it, nasty uh, films that, uh, like, the the indie horror films of the 70s and 80s that the British government was trying to censor heavily. That's pretty appropriate, considering we're doing a British film. Is, was that intentional? Oh, you no, know, I wear this every single episode I do. I've seen you wear it before, actually. Yeah. But uh, me, I'm sporting the uh, Doctor Who uh, sweatshirt, as you can see here. It's a zip-up. Um, big Doctor Who fan. Uh, this I'm, was intentional. I'm currently rewatching. Are you? Where did you start from? Uh, so I, I I will say I did start season three of Twin Peaks, but work has been very busy the past few nights, so um, I've been putting Doctor Who on instead. So I I watched the last Tenet season, and now I just finished. Season five, the first Matt Smith season. Jesus, watching Doctor Who and Matt or uh, Doctor Who and Twin Peaks together. If I swung <laughs> that way, I would date you, Brendan. <laughs> what have you? What have you been up to? Um, so actually, just like probably less than half an hour ago, I just finished up interviewing um, Danny Barker, who is the writer and lead actor of a film called Follow Her which I wrote a review of that for Horror Obsessive. It was uh, my my uh, headline review for it is if Creep and Fresh had a baby that was raised by David Lynch. I want to watch it. <laughs> Just based off that description, I really want to watch it. But it. it doesn't really have Lynchian vibes. Then, then where does the Lynch come into play? Um, it just feels like there's a, there's a few specific choices that are made that i can't really say without giving some major elements away um but it's something that that's up the alley of what it's less of emulation and more of david lynch appreciation okay um so i just what no sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say so i just finished interviewing her that's awesome um, and you can catch that on Horror Obsessive through um, written form, or is it could it be like an audio form? Uh, it's going to be transcribed. Cool. So I will, yeah, I'll be uh, typing that up. Um, but uh, the only other thing that I've really done recently, and I hate, I hate that this is a fucking thing. But after watching Eden Lake last night, I was like, well, I haven't had enough of this, so I put on the girl next door. And um, the, the famous 2004 film with yes, uh, the rom-com, the rom-com, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian has previously shared his disdain for this movie on the cast. I believe it's pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. Well, that's not what your uh, letterbox would, um, would <laughs> say, but uh, I, I 
I fucking hate that movie. I, that's the second time I've seen it. I gave it half a star. Um, if you review that movie and put a heart next to it, you need to be chemically castrated. Oh, you, that movie just, I can understand writing a true crime film, you know, cause this is based on, on true events. But the fact that the book is loosely based on the actual story, the Jack Ketchum book, and the movie is loosely based on his book. So they're not trying to actually really tell the fucking story that happened. They just want to put the most disturbing and gross fucking images on the screen. There's no art to this film. There's I hate calling it a film because it's it's but I don't want to demean the word movie. It's god awful and it should not fucking exist. I'm, I'm so surprised glad. Ian I'm did so not Jack give it a higher rating, honestly, based on your description of the film. <laughs> so, oh, and it's trash. It's trash. It's trash. Complete trash. Well, actually, um, I want to know more about what you think of Twin Peaks season three, The Return. Oh, oh, um, hello, hello. Uh, uh, <laughs> dude, I'm having so much fun with it. I'm so bummed that work's been busy and I. I couldn't throw it on because I'm up to episode six. Um, so, so, uh, Coop is now in the body of Dougie. And, Good old Dougie. Uh, I, I love when uh, he goes, I think it's episode six where he goes down for breakfast and he just has the tie on his head. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, dude, it's so f- just seeing Kyle McLaughlin is one of my favorite actors. Just everything he does, I can just truly get behind 100%. And I could see how people would not like season three of Twin Mm. Peaks. There's, I think, out of six episodes, we maybe spent five minutes in the actual town of Twin Peaks. Um, There's so many characters introduced. uh, So I I could understand how people would be turned off by it. But I just love the weird chaos that's going on, and I know it's building to something. Plus, you have um, you know Ethan Suppley's in there, Michael, Sarah, Matthew Lillard. Um, oh, I'm sure there's probably so many that I'm forgetting right now. But it's just it's so fun, and I am very excited to see where it goes. Absolutely stacked cast. Yeah. I actually did not like it the first time I saw it. Not that I didn't not like it. But it's kind of to what you said, you're expecting Twin Peaks, and then you go in, and it's really, it's not that, but it's it's all of that, and it's a weird new kind of portrayal of, like, uh, just a new chapter in the story. And I think after I was done with it and looking back at it, it, it might have become my favorite, I think, and I think the end wraps it up really beautifully and very just unsettling and it's just perfect it's perfect um the 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 two scenes that i want to talk on real quick and then i will concede my time um i'll make this quick the one when the log lady makes that phone call in the first or second episode and you could tell like in real life she was going to kill over any minute um that was so hard to watch just like and it's so weird to see all these people now old and gray and wrinkly, even though it's been 25 years. But I mean, it, it doesn't feel like a hell of a lot of time. 
so to see you know all the white hair that you see in the movie and stuff it's it's a very interesting uh visual yeah. um and then just the one last thing when evil coop is looking in the 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 mirror i think when he's in prison and his face slowly morphs into bob oh god that fucking got me i love still in there <laughs> Bob is still in there. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying Twin Peaks, and I'm glad um, I'm happy for you that you got that interview coming up. That sounds exciting. Um, also joining us, we have two E's. We have the ghost of Ian. We have E Dog himself, the one and only Ian. How you doing? The E O double G baby. Um, how's it going? How's it going? Doing good. I'm wearing I'm wearing an Iron Maiden shirt, by the way. With with some water at the top, but perfect. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're British, right? Isn't it? Nobody Isn't it? knows. In it, pretty sure someone knows. What have you been up to lately, Ian? Um, <laughs> um, not a lot of movie watching actually. Um, I've been trying to get up my um LB credits for Tom Cruise and Sean William Scott. So I watched Balls Out. It's like a tennis, um, a really stupid tennis comedy um with uh with uh who who's uh dennis the guy from uh the menace randy quaid randy quaid is in it um and it's uh it's it's stupid but it's it's funny it's it's entertaining uh and then i watched two more tom cruise movies i'm going through the mission impossible series uh i've just finished number four and that one I saw in theaters. It was my first ever Mission Impossible. Isn't that crazy? Hashtag solid in theaters, baby. Twelve years old. And then I just went on a uh, on a on a uh, Mission Impossible journey. After that, I was like, "There's more of these movies." What? Um, yeah, it's it's a solid movie. It's a solid movie. Um, it's it's way more big budget than the others, but um, I still think the third one is my favorite. If I'm going to be honest, it's just has, it's just got like that little flair. It's got uh, a nice filter on it. Great action. Uh, really suspenseful. Um, and the acting, I mean, it's got, um, that one dead dude and Tom Cruise and, uh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. He's really great. I, uh, haven't seen it since it came out, but, um, it is JJ Abrams. He said it has a good filter on it. Does have a lot of lens flare. It does. It okay. does. But honestly, I like it. I like it. I, I saw that you actually rated um, Mission Impossible 3 and 4 the same rating. So which one do you like more and why? Mission Impossible 3. Um, it's, it's more artistic. It just, it's just more artistic. Um, 4 is like a solid, big budget action film. It's, uh, it's very basic in that way, but it does have some like really good... Uh, big budget stunts like the uh, scene in Dubai where um, uh, Tom Cruise is out scaling the the tower like a hundred feet off the ground. It's 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 pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Anything else? Uh, yes, I'm reading this book. <laughs> Just hit myself in the head, but uh, it's called um, "The Strange Tale of Panorama Island." It's a manga illustrated by uh, Suhiro. Maruo, and uh, it is a adaptation of a um, book that was made in the 30s, I believe. Um, and while reading that, I'm about halfway through. Um, it's fantastic, by the way. The the art is unreal. It's very detailed. Um, it's fantastic. But um, I've already 
um, seen that story in uh, Taro Ishii's Horrors of Malformed Men previously. Um, but I do like this adaptation a lot more. And that's it for me. Awesome. Um, I also have... <laughs> I also have not been uh, watching too many movies. My free time has been spent... Well, I was learning uh, Unity for a video game I'm trying to make, but I've been taking a break from that to um, mess around with Final Cut Pro to start making videos for the podcast. So I've been diving down a huge rabbit hole of YouTube videos and uh, trying to learn the tools and, and stuff like that, and just been fucking around with our, our episodes and already got some put together a little bit, just waiting to put on the finishing touches. A little bit. Um, a little bit. Um, Ian, you also, just to go back, because I think we both saw this, you also watched We're All Going to the World's Fair, is that right? I did. I interesting, did. interesting. And Brendan really likes this movie, so I'm, I want to have a little bit of a discussion right now about it, if you don't mind. And uh, we'll start with you, Ian. What did you think of the film? Where did you watch it? And would you add it to your collection? Watched it on uh, HBO Max. Would not add it to my collection, because it is not for me. It is not to my liking. Um, it's very indie very like quirky i would say but um it's it's just not an ian movie did not did not enjoy it totally fair um brennan would you like to share your thoughts on the, on the film because we we got a little glimpse of what you think of the film just based off of letterbox but we don't really i don't really know any like details about what you think of the film um uh, well it's uh, one of my favorite films of the year i i knew that it would not be an Ian movie by any stretch of the imagination. And I know how this is not a film for everyone. Um, it's, it's kind of a, uh, art trans allegory, part, um, social commentary on internet culture. And I think that the way Jane incorporates these two pieces of, um, of subtext that they're that they're trying to convey i think that they do an excellent job at creating a very layered in deep film that personally if you enjoy the film i think uh you would benefit from multiple rewatches um i do have it on uh oh, yeah. dvd i have this wonderful vinegar syndrome uh collector's edition there's still i think like 500 left um has this very wonderful um it's not embossed but it it's like they put a, a texture of something on the cover and it's in um when when uh anna cobb paints her face with the glow in the dark paint the textured thing on the cover is the outline of that which i really like very cool yeah, I actually enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. I just, it's not really, I don't think to, I, I think to say it wasn't a Kyle movie is accurate. I don't think that's accurate. Um, I just don't think it was really made for me. Um, there are themes that I kind of, uh, I um, vibed with. Um, more like um, uh, being an introvert. And things like that, and kind of having your whole world through, you know, 
social media or just not, I don't vibe with that part, but just being able to connect people virtually more comfortably than being able to connect with them in person. Uh, like, I, like I vibed with that whole thing. Um, the whole trans allegory uh, was pretty clear to me, especially because I know the director's background and stuff. And so um, that made sense. And uh, that was cool. Um, it, it just was, I don't know. It, it didn't, I, I, I wasn't engaged with the film that much. And uh, the pacing of the movie uh, was just not to my liking, but I do, I did enjoy it. Like, I'm glad I watched it. And I think I would actually add it to my collection with that uh, physical copy that you have, because I think um, I may like it more on a second watch because there was something about it that it was weird. I went through like a little kind of like roller coaster ride while watching that film because I started out very intrigued and then it lost me and then it kind of got me back towards the end. And um, I feel like that that middle part I would kind of want to explore again after watching it, you know, a second time. Um, but I That's dug it. exactly how I felt. But yeah, I by then I was, I was just gone. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Question for you guys. Do you think that JLB is the one that created World's Fair? Um, no, N no, because no. he was just like a a helper, right? He was just there. I mean, it's help. Yeah, it's kind of hard people. to tell. But like, were there any hints dropped that he might have been just based off of him knowing everything? Was that the hint? Or so my my thought was he obviously is probably in his older forties. Yeah. Um, still lives at home with his parents in his childhood bedroom. Which I think is fucking hysterical because he has all the trophies from you know sports oh, and shit man. growing up. Uh, I think I think so. He, yeah, so he. I think he's a very sheltered person in the only way that he feels comfortable engaging with people is through this ARG. So I my my view of the film is he created the ARG to get close to people. I don't think he's a pedophile. I just think he's no. really re well. I've been seeing a lot of reviews where people have been. I can see that. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I just think he's a very, very lonely man. And this is how he feels comfortable engaging with people. I took it as he might have some mental health issues that like. That's why he, he was at home at like age 40. Okay, that's fair. And. I personally did not become an introvert till later in my life. I would say that I'm definitely an introvert now, but at her age and even a little bit later, I was a pretty heavy extrovert. Um, but I know, like I work with a lot of people around that age and I know personally a few that are very much like her. And um, one of which even saw the movie and said that like she vibed with it super, super hard. And so like, I know it connected with a lot of people and I appreciate that. And that's what makes me um, appreciate that film more because I can totally see um, it telling a story that a lot of people are going to relate to. And even me, myself, at the age I am now, being an introvert the way I am now, I see like, I see that like whole thing and I just, it's cool. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, but we're not talking about, we're all going to the World's Fair today, guys. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the 2008 film called Eden Link, directed by James Watkins. Who was Eden the writer of, can you guess? No. Lake Placid. No. House on Haunted Hill. 
No. Did you find any similarities to this movie with another British film? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, they? Them? No. The Descent. He wrote The Descent. He wrote The Descent. And there's a couple scenes. I mean, like, the whole ending is is exactly like The Descent. It's like a carbon copy. Yes? Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yes. But Eden Lake is a 2008 British horror thriller written and directed by James Watkins and starring Kelly Riley, Michael Fassbender, ow, and Jack O'Connell. Got a winner. Mm. The film was nominated for the Empire Award for Best British Film. It is among a group of roughly contemporaneous films, I think that's how you say that, that deal with uh, concerns over broken Britain and the fear of hoodies, in quotes. Some of those close-up scenes were filmed at um, Frensham Small Pond. The film was released on Halloween Day, October 31st, 2008, and premiered, or, and I'm sorry, um, made worldwide 3983000 against its $2 million budget. It premiered in 10 theaters, um, grossing only $5,800 since its opening weekend. Now, a little bit of backstory, so strapping boys and girls and everyone else. Hoodie, as quoted by Brian Curtis over at theslate.com, the hoodie is an altogether different kind of yob. They are known for their loafing loudishness, their trancy loudishness, petty thieving, his inclination to find support and solace in the gang. Hoodies are usually in their early to late teens. They cruise dark street and shopping malls looking to create mayhem. As of late, many of England's largest shopping centers have banned the wearing of hoodies and sweatshirts. Hoodies acronym, ASBOS, ASBOS, it's A-S-B-O-S, slang for antisocial b- behavior orders, which they flaunt as badges for their indecency. The hoodie has become symbolic of England's juvenile delinquency. A second theory of the hoodie is that it's an outgrowth of technology. Britain is the most surveillance nation on the planet. Its 60 million residents are monitored by 4 million closed-circuit television cameras. The cameras, it has been suggested, have created a fashion, the hoodie, and its frequent companion, the baseball cap, hide the faces of youth. You could read this merely as a wannabe gangster fashion, similar to how American hip-hop used the hoodie in the early 1990s, or you can infer that Britain's surveillance culture is breeding a generation that feels so constantly scrutinized, they're trying at some basic level to be anti-social. So this is essentially a film about uh, the British culture, young youth term hoodies, and how it can go tragically wrong. Um, so we're just going to start with our initial impressions and thoughts. Ian, what do you think of the film? Where did you watch it? And would you add it to your collection? Um, I would add it to my collection, uh, for sure. For sure. Um, I really liked it. I liked the acting. I like the intro. I think the message is very clear cut and well executed. Um, and I think it's a very accessible disturbing horror film for many people i mean compared to like the last three that we've watched or the last two which is like a serbian film and uh martyrs um yeah i mean yeah that's it what message do you think it 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 tells well um so the very beginning it's the the two couple 
Um, they're driving to Eden Lake um, whilst the radio is playing. Um, there are a bunch of news reporters um, saying uh, how corrupt the um, education system is. A lot of youth aren't getting um, educated nowadays. And this is the scenario the, um, the couple gets thrown in as if um, if you don't educate your youth, this is a possible thing that could really happen. Brendan, what'd you think? Where'd you watch it? Would you add it to your collection? Um, I watched it on my all-time favorite streaming service. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's pretty uh, niche. It's called Tubi. <laughs> I think I've heard of it. Um, I would not add this to my collection. I did not find it enjoyable. Uh, I think that they desperately failed at the message that they were trying to send. Um, there were some interesting moments. I loved the uh, the dumpster they drew first blood um, shot, and that was probably the uh, most enjoyable part. And what message do you think they did not deliver well? Is it it's going back any, to what Ian said, or was it something any, else you think? Any message. It's, uh, they, they, I'm not opposed to a film that has very nihilistic energy to it if it's done well. It's just, this is a town of working class. We're supposed to believe this is a town of working class people every single fucking person in town is just a goddamn degenerate and there's no redeeming uh characters in the town obviously um but i also don't really uh care for the adam and what's her name jesse what, what, what's her name michael fassbender jenny 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 um, a- adam and jenny uh because so hear me out. These kids terrorize you at the fucking beach. Okay? And you go to their house and you find out that their dad is an even bigger piece of shit than they are. And the dad comes home. And so you would think that maybe, you know, these kids hanging out in the woods, this is their go-to spot when they want to get away from uh from the the fucking father that beats the shit out of his kid. So once the dad comes home, why would you go back to the fucking beach? Just call it a loss. Go home. There was no reason for them to go back to that stupid fucking lake. There was, though. No, his there was His proposal was the driving Go propose factor. somewhere else. These fucking kids <laughs> terrorize you. They shit on the dog shits on the beach. They're taking they're using binoculars to look at your wife's tits. Get out of there. Go to a go to a mountain. Go to a beach. Do something. My God. Do you think this movie, um, Ian, we're going to throw it over to you. Uh, do you think this movie was just a series of bad luck? Or do you think this movie was a series of bad decisions on the main character's parts? Um, I think it's just a scenario type film. Where um, the, the, whole, the whole car drive there is the... the um, what is that passing over a point the, of no return a point Montage. of no return oh. thank you thank you they then enter this degenerate uneducated working class um town like all where they have to deal town. with 
where they have to deal with these people in that scenario, the scenario which is the consequences of not educating our youth. Brennan, what about you? I We kind of got a glimpse of what your opinion is on this, but do you think this was a series of bad luck or a series of bad decisions based on the main characters? Well, it's definitely a mixture of both. Um, the The place that Michael Fassbender picked, you know, it just so happened that there's a group of hoodies that, that use that as their chill spot. Um, but the bad decision is going back. Once the people in the town have made it very clear that they don't give a shit what these kids do, just leave. Just fucking leave. I'm sure there's other quarries you can go to, right? I don't know what England's like, but I'm sure there's tons of quarries around or abandoned mine shafts. You know, really bad luck for your server at the diner to be the mom of one of the kids. Yeah, too. right. Yeah. No, <laughs> not yeah. my kid. Well, that's Irish. Not um, my kid. Not, not my kid. Oh, oh, you want that full English? How about some spit on it? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> full okay, wait, 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 real, real quick. Full so English is that like it's uh, uh, beans? It's, it's beans, toast, sausage, eggs, blood pudding, uh, and stewed tomatoes. Um, wait, but question for you guys. If you just insulted the child of your waitress after you ordered your food, would you still eat the food? That shit has got spit in it for sure. If not something else at this point. Did he, did he insult her? I, I think I missed the, the word he might have called her, but... Um, well, no, he insulted her children. Well, yeah, but what did he say about them? Because I, um, I think he just said, like, there was a bunch of hoodies that, um, like, banged my car, like, banged the back of a... She was like, are they pestering, yeah? Guitar? Or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, they're, they're good lads. Yeah. I wouldn't fucking either. Well, I mean, she's dumb, so it, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that one of your guys' uh, favorite films, at least Ian, um, I know, Brennan, you really like it, is your next. How do you feel about the uh, main protagonist being the woman and uh, her just kicking ass the whole film over fast and her t- kind of eating dirt? How, what do you think of her as a main character? Kyle, I don't think we got your thoughts on the movie or uh, <laughs> if you would add it to your collection, actually. <laughs> Oh, me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would I add it to my collection? No. Um, did I enjoy the film? Parts. Um, I thought the film was pretty basic. Um, it wasn't very shocking or disturbing to me. Um, I thought the setting. I thought the setting was um, was fine. Um, I thought the most interesting points of the movie when they were actually out of the forest, like in the homes and stuff. Um, that and even just having lunch at the diner when it started to evolve past the trees is when it started to get more interesting to me and then they just went back to it but um yeah i thought it was a fine movie um i watched it on tubi and uh tubi times three baby I did actually really enjoy the main character. I thought the actress is a really good actress. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was very believable in the scenes, too. She still had a sense of, like, um, she she portrayed fear while also being confident very well and believable to me. And um, I want to say this is the first thing I've ever seen her in, but it's going to make me want to look up her her letterbox and kind of, like, check out other films because I would totally watch more with her. I really liked her in this. What did you guys think of the main character? Um, I mean, she was a her occupation was a school teacher, right? Correct. 
Yeah, so she had like that huge kind of turnaround where she realized these kids are. I mean, it was the uh, that one scene uh, with the kid burning. Uh, then she then puked. Um, I think that was her like uh, her personal point of no return, where she she's just got to fend for herself and um, do do what it takes. But um, I think I think she was she was pretty good. She was a pretty good uh, uh, protagonist. Brendan, any comments? Uh, I also realized that I've been saying Adam for Michael Fassbender, but Adam is the little Indian boy. Um, so sorry about that. Um, no, I, I thought that, that she was definitely the best aspect of the film. Uh, I agree, yeah. to also, <laughs> this sounds bad. She needs to learn to shut the fuck up. She makes so, she makes so much noise when she's trying to get away oh, from yeah. these people. Like hundred yeah. percent. Like yeah, my, when she's like crawling back from the from the ditch, it's like, like bro, eh, shut eh, the fuck eh. up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I got that. But uh, she was good. I I I liked how they kind of that at the beginning her playing peekaboo with her school kids is kind of just supposed to be like this cute little benign moment of her and her day-to-day job and then she spends the rest of the movie playing peekaboo with these hoodies <laughs> she's playing peekaboo with hoodies <laughs> she technically she was playing real life peekaboo you know what i would have liked to see more though is um like that that one dumbo kid like the blonde kid that gets that gets uh next yeah <laughs> yeah um the kid with the I, ears yeah i i would have liked to see a little bit more of the uncomfortableness of the mm. kid because there's a couple uh, i'd say two of the kids that just really don't want to be there yeah and then i i can't tell the vibe of Maisie williams um which that's not that's not Maisie williams but it looks like her um i i, I couldn't either. i couldn't tell like if she was into it or not because there was no real choice made by her character I think no she was offense. really just trying to hold the facade of being the tough chick. Like, yes. have you guys ever met a tough chick yes. before that tries to be a tough chick? And you're like, clearly you can see that they're trying way too hard to be the tough chick. Like, that's how she came across to me. So I, I don't think that she was probably ever into it, but she was really trying to be a part of it. Um, just going back to her being a teacher, uh, I would have had a crush on her as a teacher and Ian, I got to throw it over to you first. Have you ever had a crush on a teacher? Um, like every year. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) um, damn. I mean, there was, there were a lot of uh, good looking guy teachers too, but, um, uh, what was her name? Can I say that? No, no. No, probably not. Just say the grade that you were in grade. I mean, there, there was one in every grade, probably eight. Grade eight is the one I for sure remember. Yeah. Mm. Brennan, have you ever had a crush on a teacher? <laughs> oh, the yes. one that got away. Second grade. The one that got away. Second grade, Miss Dunkelberger. Um, Dunkelberger. <laughs> so, looking at a few of the comments. What about you? You're not answering any of these. Come on, hit us with it. <laughs> Oh, no, I've definitely had a crush on one of my teachers. There was um, a teacher in ninth grade algebra that I was just like, I ain't going to skip this class. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's happened. Have you ever called a teacher like mom on accident or like yes. called a teacher dad? Well, it wasn't on accident, but I called that eighth grade teacher mom. 
I've totally done that before. Yeah, I got a laugh out of the class and played it off and said I was dying. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it wasn't one of my proudest moments, I'll tell you. Um, so going back to the film here, uh, this movie is getting put in the rounds of like a Serbian film and martyrs and things like that as being a very disturbing film. If you look up like horror threads and Reddit and forums and all those people, the things that young kids like to go on, um, it gets thrown in that circle a lot. Do you guys see this being put in the same league as those two films? Because we are covering it in the month. This was chosen. So how do you guys feel its placement in this this month of episodes? I can see it being one of them, one of the more underrated um disturbing films in a way but it's it's also um it, it kind of gets thrown around and um like a another genre which is like um last house on the left mm. um what what's that dumb movie that that you watched Renan? I, the terrible one the really the really really bad one the the one that's I like s- not even a movie we're all going to the world's fair no <laughs> <laughs> the attic some what is it called i s- Bit on your grave? As, no, the one that you watched and you you just the girl next oh, door. Oh, girl next door. Girl next door. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I see similarities in in these these movies, um, but uh, I, I don't think it's like anywhere near the top for for anything. What about you, Brennan? Uh, I I don't think this movie can be compared to any of the movies that we've really covered because besides the 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 michael fassbender and the fire scene there's really not too much like brutality that happens it's a lot of just playing the waiting game to either be found or to get away it's definitely more of like a disturbing scenario type of type of film and it's not very graphic which which i like it's like peekaboo with serial killers Exactly. Oh my God! And oh, Kyle, you know how much I love to hate kids in movies. Sure. And uh, <laughs> ooh, had my blood boiling, isn't it? Mm, every time this kid talked, I couldn't understand a single word he said. Couldn't inis- I, I actually had to put uh, subtitles on because, um, literally, just like the dialogue that kid spoke. It, I mean, it, it, it was great acting um, on his part. Because he, I legitimately thought that he was just like this dumb, mindless bully. Uh, yeah, and I did, I did um, want to ask a question about that. Um, sure. Unless you wanted to comment on the disturbing, um, Kyle. No, I'll just say I agree with you both. Um, it, it's not even in the same league as the stuff we've watched so far. Even though I think it's a better film than a Serbian film, a Serbian film uh, definitely executes the disturbing, obviously, way more. Um, way better uh and martyrs i think is probably my favorite film we've watched so far this month for sure um but yeah this this is uh this is very tame as far as it or as far as it being classified as like a disturbing film um so just on that note but what were you gonna say i'm sorry um this probably made it to my top three um uh, of kids that i hate in movies um yeah yeah, not gonna lie. I had to start a running list. <laughs> yeah, we we covered them. Go check out that episode. Um, it's like 2006 French horror film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
one of my favorite episodes because uh, we just get to bash on little kids the entire time. Uh, unfortunately, in these movies, we don't really get to see any retribution um, executed upon these kids, which is a damn shame. Um, but in this movie, we do a little bit, a little bit. Um, my question to you guys, um, who do you hate more? Um, the kids in the EU or the the, the the film kids in the EU or the ones in America? So like Children of the Corn or like this movie? Kyle? Very different scenarios. Yes, um, and very different they, group of kids too. Very, very different scenarios. I will say that I do hate the kids in this film pretty heavily just because of the cockiness um, and the smugness that goes along with their performances. They do a great job. I mean, I, I guess to the, the shout out to this kid. I, I forgot his name. He's not a kid anymore. He's like probably as old as me, but uh, yeah, but um, he did a great job. He, he definitely made me hate him. And if that was his goal, he fucking accomplished it in spades. So um, I would probably say the EU, <laughs> the EU definitely. Yeah. This guy, this guy sold it for me. EU gets the chopping block on this episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, your thoughts? Uh, well, instead of saying cockiness, you should say cockneyness. Um, cockneyness. Cockneyness. Uh, uh, I would say we don't really get characters like this in American films. I, I feel like it's at least I can't really. Think, I mean, the girl next door. Um, but I can't really think of too many films where it's. A gang of children um hunting adults so i would have to say that um actually england's no longer in the eu and the queen just died so next question i'm sorry i'm gonna say the british right. children we actually do have some listeners Across the pond, so Fuck your um, queen. Fuck for your all, queen. Whoa, whoa that is that is not, not a, a way to go uh, about that. All right, that is not a official statement from the ruminations from. <laughs> nope, uh, that, that is, is Brendan. That is Brendan, baby. <laughs> Brendan, new blood. Um, so, what do you? Okay, so I don't want to spend too much more time on the kids, but um, what do you think of this group of teenagers being the antagonists of the film? How do you think it's executed? Uh, do you think it's done well? Was it impactful? Were you at any way scared at any point in the movie from these kids being put in that scenario? Ian, we'll start with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think it was very impactful. Um, I think these, it, it does have a very disturbing scenario and I was, um, uh, not shocked, but it, it was, um, I, I felt like this could really happen in real life. Um, is that a... Was that, was that redundant? Really happened in real life? It's, um, I got you. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, it was well executed. I th- I feel like. Um, I mean, we all. I think we all agree on the acting there. Um, and I I know a lot of hate comes uh, with the ending, but I think the ending actually fits perfectly with the theme because this this guy he's he's just this kid. Sorry. This kid's so dumb. Like he does, he really just doesn't understand the consequences of his actions. He he's just that much of a degenerate, right? So I feel like it was very, very fitting. Brendan, um, first of all, I was kidding about the queen. I love her corgis. Um, 
But uh, <laughs> Ian, uh, you actually kind of make a good point there about him and about uh, Eggsy. Or, oh my god, Eggsy. I've been wanting Eggsy. to call him Eggsy this whole time because he reminds me of the kid from He does. Secret the Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is one moment at the end. I don't know if you guys caught this where he puts on Michael Fassbender's glasses. Or before he puts the glasses on, he's staring at himself in the mirror and he has this moment of self-reflection. And then he puts the sunglasses on and that facade goes right back up. And then he basically winks at the camera. Um, I thought that I, I actually liked that fourth wall break there. I thought that that was kind of um, an interesting choice. Uh, I feel like people would either love that or hate that. Um, but I, I do think that the, that, uh, uh the the kid the the main kid makes a very it's it's a very good idea to make that character the antagonist i don't find them scary at all it, it it's hard for me to ever uh feel find freaked out scary. or frightened by kids <laughs> I, I, I don't know it just doesn't do it for me uh it just doesn't do it for me uh but that being said i still think his um his performance was great, and the um, like the the scenario scary. Them being kids and that whole like we live forever, we have no consequences, we have like nothing to lose kind of mentality. I think that is very true when it comes to kids. Because I mean, I, I know I thought that yeah. I thought that up until the day that uh, something happened to my heart. I was like, I could live this way forever. Oh, I can't. Shit. There's consequences, fuck, and they've never had any from you know the up, upbringing that they've had. So, um, in his eyes, he is immortal, and I think that like that is kind of a uh, kind of what they're showing at the end too, with him putting on the glasses. It's like I could fucking do whatever I want and be whoever I want. Brennan, do you think that the father also had a moment of reflection when he comes home for the for the first time? We see him come home in the movie. And he looks at the door that presumably he had punched a hole in, and he like puts his fingers in like the drywall of the inside of the door and kind of looks at it. Like, do you think that that's a moment of self reflection? And then he hears Michael Fassbender upstairs and he flips out. Um, but do you think that's a moment of self reflection that the father is having, or do you think I that just, he's pissed that there's a hole in his door? Ian. Go ahead. I thought it was uh, kind of a detective move where he's just like feeling the sand, sniffing it. There's someone in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Not just that, but that's what that was. (laughs) He fucking Sherlocked it. No, I looked at at it as like uh, one of the kids caused the hole in the wall. And he was like, fucking like son of a bitch. And that's why he's screaming at his kid. Yeah. Yeah. This little gotcha. That's how I took it. But I mean, that makes more sense. It does. Um, so before we do last minute things you guys may want to touch on or final thoughts, uh, the gore, the violence, Mm -hmm. what do you guys think? What was your most disturbing, uh, I guess we'll just say, what do you guys think of the violence and the, um, the gore in the movie? I'll go first again. Um, I didn't find it very disturbing. It was um, uncomfortable at times, but um, there's not a lot of gore. I mean, I mean there's pr- practically none, um, but uh, it's it's more suspenseful um, horror than I think, like gore or anything like that. What would you rate it out of ten? Like my oh the on like the disturbing 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In I give, give it like a like a six. Six. Wait, is it, wait, isn't that something you've been? Didn't you say you wanted to do, do an Ian's disturbing score for every movie? Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's gone in and come out and gone in and come out again. It's, yeah. But you know, it's 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 stuck its, it's, 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 it's way into this episode. So, <laughs> um, what about you, Brennan? Uh, I I will say I liked the restraint that they used in showing the violence because I don't the, the movie is not about the violence and I I this whole conversation has actually made me re kind of evaluate my position on the movie so I'll I won't As give you this I, 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 I won't give you this well that's hey that's good conversation no 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 for all of us yeah yeah for all of us I didn't mean just you specifically um. So I, without giving away my score, uh, this has already gone up one point for me based on this conversation. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, res- the restraint that they showed where they do show not, not a decent amount of, of violence, but they show, a, I think, a respectable amount for just a standard horror film. Um, I think that the practicals that they used were actually really on point. Um, I think that it it looked fairly realistic and then the whole um the black blood thing from the the side wound i thought that that was um that kind of gave it this a little bit of uh, authenticity i think um so so brendan's ian's disturbing scale is um my my point my number on ian's disturbing scale um i think that a, a 6 is is very very fair for this movie you could argue gonna, for a five, you could argue for a seven. Or a four, which is what I'm going to give it. So, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was that disturbing. Um, the violence and, and gore and stuff were definitely warranted and appropriate, though, which I appreciate. It all served into the purpose and scenes and everything. It made sense. And I, I have my beanie off to that. Um, but it wasn't very disturbing for me personally. Um, what I will say, uh, just on an end note now, um, because I'm a savvy little bitch, um, the scene where she finds the ring in his pocket when he's bleeding out, and then he's he's talking about uh, how he asked her dad first and all that kind of stuff. Yes, the old man. That was like a gut punch to me personally. Uh, I felt that one pretty heavy. Um, which is kind of weird because I, I was coasting on a, yeah, this is all right. And then that scene hit and I was like, I'm feeling. And then like, it went back to like it being all right again. But um, I really enjoyed that part. I love the break from the violence and uh, just the overall chaos to show like a heartfelt moment between the two before you never see him again. And he dies. Um, so I really like that part a lot. I'm glad they added it. Um, it didn't feel out of place. It felt perfect with like a last moment of him dying. Um, and that's, it felt believable to me as well, which is what made me feel even worse. Cause like being put in that scenario and like your loved one dying in front of you and finding out for the first time that he was, they were about to propose to you or something that would like finding out then ugh, heartbreaking. So I really also has that one really good line. Cause you know, they're in the thick of this shit at this point. And yeah. uh, her her line is, um, he was like, I th- uh, we'd go to Africa for the honeymoon, and she was like, I'd go anywhere as long as it's with you. Like that yeah. that line got me because you know it's just, um, yeah. So I yeah. I completely mirror what you said for the for that scene. 
I uh, wrote in my notes that uh, I, I felt like they were a very believable couple. Totally. Yeah. And then just to put some uh, lightness to the mood now, uh, my part I laughed at pretty hard was uh, when they went off camera and implied that they lit the Indian kid on fire and then they turned the camera back to him for a split second. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's on fire. That shit made me laugh pretty hard. Uh, for the audio listeners, I was waving my hands in the air like uh, Luna said. He just doesn't care. Just doesn't care. Is is that commentary on colonialism? <laughs> no, 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 seriously. No, because I know, it, I know you're serious, and I'm not laughing at you for thinking that. That's just so hardcore. Um, <laughs> talk to me about it. I'm sorry. Brandon, talk to me about it. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm no English historian yet, um, but didn't England invade you're asking India, the wrong guy. or was was were were the people of india already in england and then england colonized i i know that there's very bad blood between uh the the english and the indian the uh is there indian still people. bad blood though i do believe so damn yeah that's i'm not, I'm not 100% sure but um i kind of viewed that moment as um because you know Adam is around in small bits throughout the whole movie, his presence is known, and then once you know the bad English find Adam, they literally set him right on fire. Yeah, to me that um, that moment showed that that dumb kid just really, really didn't care, and he really just didn't know that there was there were going to be any consequences. Like he he truly felt that nothing was going to happen to him. Okay, that's fair. On the ending of the film, I love dark endings. I love endings that have no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think Them did a great job with the ending. I thought the ending of Them was really good. I think the ending of The Descent is even better. I think that's one of the best endings to a horror movie I've ever seen, personally. And I think this job, or this job, I think this ending, even though it didn't do as good as a job as the descent on like the level of hopelessness um cuz she still had a fighting chance at least <laughs> um i still really do like um it's ending um brendan ending and include your final thoughts as well okay uh yeah no the the ending kind of Harkens back to what I was saying earlier about how this is just a very nihilistic movie. Um, there's no redemption for anyone. There's no glimmer of hope for this town. If there was a um, an Eden Lake two, you know, set twenty years later, I would be interesting. I would be interested to see actually what that town is like twenty years later. Now that these um hoodies have grown up a bit so i I think that that would be interesting if they were ever to do a sequel um but yeah the ending was dark i i dig dark endings just like you said so uh i was initially gonna give it a two but i think i am comfortable giving this movie a three no heart 
Okay. Three, no heart. Um, Ian, what did you think about the ending? And what are your final thoughts? Uh, the ending was, again, very fitting. I thought it uh, um, was exactly how the 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 character should have acted. Um, the performances are great throughout the entire film. Uh, I liked when the girl of the group gets ran over by the car. We didn't talk about that, but that gave me great joy. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Oh, that that moment, the descent moment where she like turns around and stabs that kid in the neck with the glass. Again, a descent moment. She's covered in gunk at the end. Descent moment. I mean, it's it's a it's a carbon copy of, of the descent, but. Um, uh, I think it it being a very accessible, uh, disturbing horror film um, has its place in the world, and uh, I, I appreciate this film for it. Uh, I thought that the the message was uh, very clear cut and um, um, understandable uh, for me, at least. But um, I really liked it, and uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half and a heart. Okay. Um, I already talked about the ending, so I will say that, um, I did like the movie, um, but it, it didn't, it didn't do anything as far as disturbing to move the needle. Um, I do like the performances of almost everybody in the film and, uh, it's, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. I, I, I still don't think I would add it to my collection, but it's a good watch. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half, no heart. No heart. So, the official Red Room score for this film is a 3.3. But we'll, we'll, we'll round down. No, 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 we'll round up. We'll round up, because we round up for the last one, too. So, 3.5, no heart. For Eden Lake, I think it's very deserving. This is it's, it's it is a very well made film. I mean, it's it's a well made film. It's like it's not a fail for sure. And on that note, please enjoy this lovely message from the Ruminations Radio Network. While we, your humble servants, enjoy our thick piss break, we'll be right back. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Nice and clear with a hint of lime. Sounds like a country song. And welcome back. Now we're going to end every episode like we always do. With your favorite game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? Fucking fresh. Fucking rotten. You tell me. What a... We end every episode with fresh or rotten. RottenTomatoes.com uses a 100-point scale. Any film rated 60% or higher is considered fresh, and anything 59 
or below is considered rotten. My co-hosts have to determine if a movie is fresh or rotten based on hearing a description of the film. If they guess correctly, they receive a point and move on to round two. They then have to guess what the percentage is if they are within 10% of the audience score listed on Rotten Tomatoes. They receive a second point. Gentlemen, start your engines. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Well, I'm not, so hold on. <laughs> As the plague sweeps the countryside, a quarantined village is visited by a mysterious traveling circus. Soon, young children begin to disappear, and the locals suspect the circus troupe might be hiding a horrifying secret. Genre horror. The description seems so basic. What was the word after quarantine? You cut out for a second. A quarantined village is visited village. by a mysterious traveling circus. Traveling circus? Like um, an actual oh, circus? Oh. Like an actual circus. Oh. Uh, that was like I a band what, I know, or something. You know? I, I know what this movie like is. Like a band of the box or something. You know? uh, see I like this movie. I don't know if people do. I'm going to say fresh. No looking it up. Brennan, I'm watching you. I saw you look down. Are you tape your phone? Okay. <laughs> yeah. My phone. Look, see my hands? Phone. Whoa, okay. he did a magic trick. How it's like I a trap from my circus? lap here. <laughs> <laughs> Magicians never tell their secrets, right? So it's almost, like, it's almost like the devil's carnival. I'm going to go fresh. This is probably like on the cusp. It is, in fact, fresh. You both are awarded a point. Guess the percentage. Going to go 70. Fuck, I was, I'm going 72. He's going 72. You heard him. Day he sailed the ocean blue. You guys are both, in fact, correct. It is at 64% with 1K plus ratings. Directed by Robert Young, it is the 1972 film Vampire Circus. His highest rated film is Vampire Circus at 80 at 80%. So it's 2-2. Two, two. Going into number 2. A haunting ghost story set against the backdrop of a busy winter sales period in a department store and follows the life of a cursed dress as it passes from person to person with devastating consequences. Oh, genre horror like goosebumps episode. Genre horror comedy. If this is the film I'm thinking of, Ian, I'll give you a hint. It's a twenty-four. So it's if if so it's the film it's, that I'm it thinking, it's audience. Way. It's audience. It's audience. Yeah. So, so I that think could I, be, so that could be rotten. I'm. I think it's what I'm thinking. But I'm. Who, I'm going to say fresh. Burning goes with fresh Ian. Like what normal person is gonna rate an A twenty four movie? Like, you know, who's gonna go and rate that movie? But also, I could be. It could not be the A twenty four movie I'm thinking of. But I'm fairly certain. But I've never heard anything about this movie ever in my life. Sounds like a Goosebumps episode. I'm gonna go fresh. You are both incorrect. Fuck. It is at fifty-two. It is at 52% with 250 plus ratings, directed by Peter Strickland. It is the 2018 film In Fabric. His highest rated film is Catalan Varga at 95%. 
So it is still 2-2. We're moving on to three. London, 1974. As Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country, trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary. With most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital, Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that intent on destroying everything around her. Genre, horror, mystery, thriller. That was such a long description of just more things that I could not recognize. <laughs> Can you give me the 16th word? Yeah, thank you. Please. Val. Just V-A-L? V-A-L. So it's a nickname. Can you give me the last sentence? Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that's intent on destroying everything around her. I've been nailed how to say malevolent, by the way. <laughs> Just fucking nailed it. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm, I'm going to say rotten. Is this Doomsday? No, it's not Doomsday, right? Let's guess the percentage. Or the genre. Um, yeah, it's got to be rotten. got to be rotten. Rotten. It is, in fact, rotten. Guess the percentage. 48. Thirty-eight. You guys are both correct. Oh. It is at forty-four percent with fifty-plus ratings. Directed by Karina Faith, it is the two thousand twenty-one film *The Power*. Her highest-rated film oh. is *The Power* at eighty-four percent. Right now, we are tied at four-four. Luckily, it is. The lightning round. Insert lightning sound. Are you ready? I've seen that on Shutter for sure. I've, I've wanted to. I've, I've almost clicked on that movie a couple times. Fuck. Go ahead. No, you're good. In the lightning round, each question is worth a total of two points. Are you ready? Number four. When Dr. Martin goes on a job interview at a British insane asylum, he learns that he must interview the asylum's inmates in order to be considered for the position. Dr. Rutherford, who is a wheelchair bound because of an assault by an inmate, tells Dr. Martin that he will consider him for the position if he can discover which of the inmates is Dr. Starr, a former head doctor at the asylum who suffered a nervous breakdown. Genre, horror, mystery, thriller. Sounds like a good movie. Sounds like a Shutter original. I, I was I was actually going to say that's is that Shutter Island? Is that Shutter Island? Fresh. I have not seen Shutter Island. I know. I, know. I, I don't know if it is. I'm going to go fresh either way. I think this uh, is. Uh, it sounds good. 
Because oh, you would have had the name Teddy in the in the description if it was Shutter Island, but it also ah. Uh, to make things interesting, I'll just say rotten. Ian goes with fresh. Brennan goes with rotten. Brennan gets the two points, puts him at six to four. It is at. I'm not going to say. We're going to go. <laughs> we're going to say that Ian still has a chance to guess within the percentage and earn an extra two points to tie the game. Guess the percentage. So I get it. Is, it is, in fact, rotten, though. Is it just Ian guessing? Nope. It's. It's both you. Oh, it's both. Okay. Yeah. But Ian could either tie it or still lose it if you get it right. Ian, I have a guess. Do you want me to go first or do you want me to wait? I'll go first. Okay. Forty-two. Forty-three. Okay. Uh, I was gonna forty-six. <laughs> Which one? Forty forty-three. Forty two. Forty three. So we're sticking with 42 and Brendan? Wait, wait what, what are you doing? 40, uh, are you 43? <clears throat> 53? <laughs> He's 43. I, He's 43. 40. He's 43. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was going to say 42, but I, I want to... I'm going to say 35. Ian gets awarded the two points and ties it, which means he is the winner of the round. <laughs> I'm giving it to I'm just kidding. It is a tie, so you guys both get awarded <laughs> a point. Luck. Is it 46? It it is at 50% with 250 yeah. plus ratings, directed by Roy Ward Baker. It is the 1972 film Asylum. His highest rated film is Don't Bother to Knock at a hundred percent. That puts Ian at five for the year, Brendan at 19 for the year, and Kyle at six. For the year, Ian's still in last place. I am not in last place. In Mitch at one. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the deranged hoodie of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Twitter at of Red Room. That's O F Red Room, and check out our our Discord where you can come talk about all things horror with other horror fans. The Link to join the Discord is in our Twitter bio. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. Unlike that poor son of a bitch that gave us a one. Oh, we're going <laughs> to kill you. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today joining me, we have Ian <laughs> with... Chewies. Michael, I know this movie's in another language, but check it out. It, <laughs> it, it's for educational purposes. I know the word education. You just probably stop listening to me, but just 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 check it out. Trust me. Trust me. And Brendan, the new blood. Let's say hi. Bye. Stay spooky, folks. Thank you.